goodness of God. You know, I'm thankful for, last week we talked about how corporate worship is a gift. And I think that if we weren't careful and we didn't make it a rhythm in our life, we would easily look past the goodness of God. And I think that's really what's been the heart of this, this series through Colossians has been Paul saying, you're spoiled, but you don't slow down enough to remember that. But then Paul told us last week that the goodness, the good thing about all of this is that God has given us a gift and it is called the local body. And the local body has a gift and it's called corporate worship. And I think that's why so often if you miss church for a week and then you're here the following week, it just seems extra special, right? Or if you go through a season of sickness where you just can't be here for a while. I mean, even when we shut down for COVID, some of those services we had when we first got back, it just felt right. That's because this is a gift and we can't take that for granted. Well, today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, looking toward the end of, of Colossians and Again, I encourage you to read through all of it this week as looking forward to Thanksgiving as, as all of Paul's letters really seem to be a, a gratitude journal from Paul of just saying, man, be thankful, be thankful. So Colossians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 2 and read through verse 6 this morning. Would you stand with me in honor of the Lord's word? The Apostle Paul writes, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful and pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our, for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always full, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord, and we say thanks be to God. You can be seated. How many of you in here fall asleep pretty easily? Like even this, you know, when the pastor gets up here and, you know, so depending on the preacher, you have 40 minutes. Some preachers have 15 minutes. Some preachers have an hour and a half. Some of you... When you hit the, the couch in the evening, whatever time, you know, you finally get supper, get it cleaned up, and you finally hit, hit, sit down on the couch, and you've waited all day maybe to watch the show or watch the ball game, about 10 minutes in, you're gone, right? How many relate? Let me see. I, yeah, if I sit still, if I laid right here and closed my eyes, I would fall asleep in probably three minutes. I think it's a gift, but it's... I think of, I think of, so I direct traffic at a high school, if you don't know that, and, and at the high school we have a security guard, and in the three or so years I've been there, we've had a few different security guards, but um, each of them has a gift, and that gift is being able to stay awake, because what their job entails is sitting in this little, maybe six by six guard shack, and have a little desk in there and a chair, and throughout the whole school day, they just kind of are supposed to keep eyes on the parking lot. Well, when things are good, nothing happens, right? So often I'll 
get to school early and, and, and go over and me and one of the parents and the, the, whoever the security guard is, we always kind of befriend them and then we just chit-chat. And about once a week I say, well, anything happened this week? And they always say, no. Uh, one time, though, they did have to call. Uh, there was, they're doing some construction and there was a gas leak out away from the building, but so the, the fire trucks came and that's about the most exciting thing that we've seen in three years. But what a difficult job. I could not be a school security guard like that. Now, we have an actual officer in the school, but the security person is just keeping tabs on the parking lot. I could not do that job. Because at about, school started at 8, at about 8.05, I'd be asleep in my guard shack with the sun coming through the window and the heat cranked up, and I would be asleep. It'd be a tough job. But the presence of an alert security guard can also deter anyone thinking that this would be an easy place to maybe break into a car or, or something even much worse. Staying alert, it's tough. But Paul starts the scripture and says, stay alert in prayer with thanksgiving. And this allows us to use our gratitude as a deterrent to anything that wants to steal our joy, our gratitude, or our faith in the one who we are staying alert in prayer with. Our lack of alertness can also cause us to miss opportunities to express our thankfulness. Have you ever walked away from a situation or a conversation? Maybe you met someone or saw a stranger or this, even the store clerk. And you walked away and you met, thought, man, I missed that opportunity completely. The door was wide open to share thankfulness, to share the gospel of Jesus, whatever. Or even just a smile. And you walk away and you go, man, I missed that opportunity. How many of you in here like to hunt? Anybody like to hunt? Wow. All right, we got a couple. What about fishing? All right, that, that got us a few more. All right. Well, whether you're hunting or fishing, hunting more so than fishing, but both of them, think about it. Let's say you're going on a hunt. You wake up early in the morning because that's when you hunt. I don't know why, but that's when you hunt. You layer on your camo, depending on how cold it is out, layers and layers and if you're really committed, you spray yourself with that stinky stuff to make you smell like the wilderness. And, and then you go out and you climb up in the tree stand. And you, you've had the right preparation. But if you do all of this and you get up in that tree stand and you are not alert, you are not going to be successful. If you're playing on your phone or distracted by the worms that are crawling up in your tree stand... You're going to miss the off in the distance that just so happened to walk by and you missed it. Or depending on where you're hunting, maybe larger or smaller animals. Some of us, we're really good. We're really good at doing our devotions and committing to our spiritual disciplines, but throughout the day, we are not alert. We got on ammo, we put on our stank, and then we went out and we weren't successful because we weren't alert. We thought the preparation was all we needed. If that was so, I think more people would hunt. It takes alertness, and our alertness will be the only way that we capitalize on this opportunity to be thankful. Hmm. I like to watch these videos online. This isn't in my notes, so just bear with me here, but I like to watch these videos online there are these people that are just 
spontaneous and they're, they, they're just givers. And even if it means they'll just go into the grocery store and pay for somebody's groceries spontaneously, or they'll find somebody on the street and they won't just assume their need, but they'll say, hey, what, what, what could you use? What could you need? What, what do you need? Or even I've seen people go as far as they'll, they'll go up to a homeless person and say, hey, you want to go to the ball game tonight? They don't try to fix their problem. They treat them like a human being. And they say, hey, you know, I, I've seen you out here by the stadium for months. Have you ever been in? No, I've never been in. I've never got to go to a game. Well, let's go. I think these opportunities are all around us. But if we're not alert, we don't recognize that. It doesn't take a million bucks to change somebody's life. Paul goes on to say, pray for others that you think would not be as thankful as you are. Paul tells us, hey, remember, pray for me, please, because I'm in chains. <laughs> I'm in a rough spot here, kind of in jail, writing to you, because that's what I can do in jail. I have time to write. When we're not a people of thanksgiving, we become an even more spoiled people. We begin to think that we deserve more than that, than everyone else has. We begin to make assumptions that just because their house looks nice or because they have a decent job, that they're better off than we are. But Paul is telling us that we need to pray for those who are in less conditions. This helps us also to remember why we should be thankful. He is writing this letter from prison, and it is a much worse situation than anyone reading the letter. He's writing to people in a much better situation than he is. And I think we could all use this occasional reminder that things could always be worse. If we look at our world today, there are countries all around the world that are just having to live in fear right now because they are literally under attack. But yet, we like to complain when the drive-thru gets our order wrong or we got a, a cold coffee instead of a hot coffee today. Paul's reminding us, hey, it could always be worse. And not just that we need to pity those people, but that we need to pray for those people specifically. Then he talks about this idea of gracious speech seasoned with salt. How many of us are fans of salt? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My grandmother, I, I love my grandmother to death, but she will salt her salad. She will salt her pizza. She will salt anything that the salt will hold on to. Every night she has a bowl of ice cream and we've always waited for her to pull out the salt to pour on her ice cream. What, when I think of salt, I can't help but think of popcorn. If you have popcorn without salt, then the popcorn doesn't have much value to me. I'm really not interested if it's not salty. When you salt it, though, it becomes truly incredible. So this last Christmas, my parents bought Brittany, it was really a gift to Brittany, I think. But they bought Brittany a popcorn machine. It's not huge, but it's about yay big. And you can put the kernels in it and the little mix, and it pops, and it is just fantastic. Well, see, I was kind of deceived. As a, as a child, my dad loved to butter popcorn. And when we went to the movies, he wanted extra butter and, you know, put butter in the middle, then put more popcorn, then butter it. You know, he was all about the butter. So I thought that butter is what made popcorn good. But in my wiser adult years, I have learned that it is not butter that is the secret. It is salt. Salt is what makes popcorn popcorn. 
salt is what makes it pop. Now, I need to address the teens and some of our younger folks maybe for a second, but in the last 10 years or so, the word salty has been given a negative context in our society. Salty. If someone says that someone else is salty, then that means they have a bad attitude. This is not at all what Paul is saying, okay? I don't want us to hear this as Paul saying, go around being salty, because that's, that's not what he's saying. But in my adult years, I've also learned all many problems salt can cause, right? I'm sh- I know many of us have been to the doctor, and the doctor has said, hey, let's cut back on that sodium. Let's, let's rein it in just a little bit. Well, and I have found that if I have too much salt, it hurts my tongue. My tongue will almost swell if I have too much salt. If I eat a bag of chips that aren't lightly salted, I can't, like, I can't touch salt for like three days. It just, or if we oversalt the popcorn, it just, it hurts. Salt, too much of it, can also cause problems. Paul says to salt our speech, to flavor it with salt. But, and it, this might be a strange way to think about it, but what Paul is saying here is that our speech should be gracious and seasoned with salt. Not overbearingly crazy with salt, but seasoned. It doesn't say douse with salt. It doesn't say keep on pouring until you can see it pile up in the bottom of the popcorn bag. At that point, it just becomes realistic. Paul's not asking us to go around, yippee, be thankful, yay. It's not real. That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. He says to season your speech with salt because when you do, you're going to sound different than the people around you. Because the people around you, we all look the same. They look like us. But when your speech is is seasoned with salt, you're going to sound a little bit different than everyone else around you. Sometimes it's as simply as easy as instead of proclaiming thank goodness, when you find out news, we say thank God. Because we recognize, as we talked about in week one, that all things were made through him and for him. It seasons your thankfulness with the flavor that it should have had all along. But this only happens if we're alert, if we are purposefully seeking out ways in which we can give God thanks. If we're not careful, we won't have enough salt, or we'll have so much salt that people will look at us and say, are you a real person? I don't think that's real. So we really have two ways that we can express our thanksgiving. They're the same two options that our scripture ended with last week. We have word, and we have deed. To show someone you are thankful that they helped you catch your dog that got out, you can help them next time by catching their dog when they That's expressing thankfulness through deed, right? Repaying someone for what they did. But today, instead of deed, Paul is focusing on word. The words that we say reflect the thankfulness in our hearts. If we're saying some nasty words that taste like anything but salt, we're showing the darkness that's in our hearts. Think think about the things that you have said in the last 24 hours. Even better, think about the things that you have said today. 
on your way to church this morning, maybe getting ready, were, the, those, were those words salt? Or were they nasty reflections of a lack of thankfulness in your life? I want to challenge us this Thanksgiving that, that as we sit around tables with loved ones, that we don't go into these meals ready to complain about our jobs and complain about our home situations and say, man, oh man, if you only knew, I'm just glad we have today off. That's not what Paul is inviting us to. Let us go into these meals and times with loved ones ready to speak words that are seasoned with salt. Because as Paul has said this morning, it could always be worse. (laughs) You could still be in chains like I am. Some of us might have have had a close call this year. And you're not even sure that you would see another Thanksgiving. And Margaret and I were talking about that Wednesday night. And it, it just... It gives you this new sense of gratitude to say, man, I'm just thankful to be here. Just thankful to eat another turkey and dressing. The enemy wants us to compare and complain, but God says to speak words of thanksgiving. You know, our words, I truly believe that words create worlds. For example, if we look at the very beginning of Scripture... God spoke and there was, right? God used words and created. And let me tell you today, church, the words that you are listening to are creating a world in your mind. They are. They are creating a reality that you think and know for a fact is real. But if it's not being shaped by the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, then it is not reality. It is a false sense of realism. Because we believe that there is one truth, and that truth is a person, the person of Jesus. And so if our realities are shaped by anything but the truth, the word of God, we will begin to live in these false realities. And what does that do? It causes us to lose thankfulness. And so I want to encourage you today to to think about the state that you're in, your mind, your thought processes your sense of thanksgiving, and say, what, why, if today I'm not thankful, why is that? What narrative is being fed to me that is not of God? What lies am I letting shape and form me into somebody that is not a person of freedom in Christ, but a person who is in bondage to the world? Thanksgiving is a holiday, right? The word holiday literally comes from the words holy day. And while Thanksgiving wasn't initiated by the church i think for us as believers in a god that calls us to thankfulness i believe that thursday really can be a holy day for us sharon and i were talking yesterday about it doesn't really matter who you're with but thanksgiving is an opportunity to give thanks to god whether you're with all your family members or whether you're with that coworker that just didn't have anywhere to go, so you invited him to your house. Thanksgiving for us can be a holy day where we say, man, God, I'm overwhelmed with Thanksgiving. Where we recognize the grace of God in our lives and set aside our spoiledness and allow God to humble us for a day. Where we can repent and say, God, I'm sorry for complaining all year. I'm 
sorry that I've just compared all year long. Frustrated that they make more money or frustrated that, that their car is better or frustrated that they got this opportunity and I didn't. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, God. Help us to be people of thanksgiving this year. A people who say, God, help me to just be shaped and formed by one story. And that's the story of Jesus, our Lord. Would you pray with me? God, we're grateful today. Grateful that we can be shaped and formed by something other than what the world is offering to us. That our realities can be formed by the person of Jesus. By the truth of who you are and and who you call us to be. Father, I pray for this, this group. As we talked about last week, this gift, this local body that is a gift. God, I pray that as we sit around the tables with family and friends on Thursday. That our conversation would be seasoned with salt. That we would be alert and go into Thursday and and even every day ready to share in our thankfulness. Not just to wake up and get prepared and then go and be distracted throughout the day, but to focus in on sharing who you are, sharing in, in our gratitude toward you. Father, if there's anyone here today that their life has just been so formed by a false narrative of the world, God, I pray that today would be the day where they say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Let your story be my story so that they could proclaim that this is their story and this is their song in thankfulness and gratitude to you. Father, I thank you for how your spirit has moved here in this place today. Thank you for for the opportunity to celebrate your goodness to proclaim you are Messiah, Lord of all. And God, today we pray for protection as traveling happens this week. We pray for peace amongst families. Lord, we pray that this would just be a blessed time where we can look back and say, we didn't miss an opportunity this week. but We capitalized on them to give you thanks and honor and glory because you deserve it all. You're the only one worthy. And we proclaim that today as one body. And it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand this morning and receive a blessing. Maybe to extend your hands as a symbol of just saying, God, more of you, less of me. To receive God's power today. That you could go from this place as a holy and sanctified people whose conversation is seasoned with salt so that the world can see that there's something different in you and in me and in us as the family of God. Go in his grace and peace today. May he bless you. Amen. Amen. Again, don't forget to...